Hello, this is Hit Pause, a podcast made in San Francisco with more questions than answers. Hello, and welcome back to Hit Pause in our 10th episode we start looking into the mirror and ourselves and our own relationship with it last week we looked at the relationship between this society in which we live and and social media and the necessity of looking at the moral angle and the moral aspect of those new technologies and arguably artificial intelligence and everything that is now bringing to us those wonderful hyper-connected technology which in a time of social distancing are helping and easing and keeping the connection bond alive. But we find ourselves at an inflection time in the history of social media and and how we, we as a society can look at it and can maybe even demand uh, more answers and and a different gravitas in how it is used and how we use it. We explored over the past couple of episodes the relationship of the regulator with the social media companies and uh, the fact that most of its interactions has been economically driven. We looked at in the last episode as to the necessity to start thinking about the moral choices that as a society we ask or demand or compel those organizations to, to behave Uh, The last angle that I want to explore today is really maybe arguably one and the same. It's the angle of the investor and the angle of the user. I'll explain in a second why I think they're one and the same. But when you think about it, the Silicon Valley is made of access to capital and venture capital, so during the lifetime of a company, a startup, the individual investor has access to privileged information and will surely shape the direction of the startup, the investee, for the maximization of its gain. It's as simple as that. And there's no novelty in saying that venture capital is really about rewarding someone for making an early decision on the basis of an enormous amount of unknowns to actually trust an entrepreneur into doing the right thing. And I'm reminded myself of my early years when I was a young manager in my 20s and then 30s discovering or hearing about the tagline, the mottos, we do no evil. Um, many 
who work in the field will remember that motto and know who I'm talking about. And I actually believe that those companies indeed mean no evil when they are at the burgeoning stage of a young upstart company, all led by the desire to improve things. But with age comes wisdom and maturity. And as a young company grows, it has to, just like a teenager, grows up to a young adult and later a young adult grows up to be a full-blown adult, a parent, a grandparent. We acquire different skills, we acquire different perspectives, we learn that time is important. We learn that it's important to give time to time, it's important to give time to decision-making, it's important to give time to information gathering, pondering, decisioning. And we find ourselves at a historical crux in the human history precisely because we are now witnessing a divergence of the time of decisioning that humans have given themselves through the course of history Surely in a battle with swords and knives and uh, horses galloping around in the Middle Ages, I'm sure that the soldiers would laugh at me thinking if I, they were to hear that uh, giving time to decision-making is, uh, is important. Uh, once you're in the fire of the action, you sometimes make split decisions. But those police decisions are good decisions when you have had training, when you have had the training of a lifetime, when a soldier, a police officer, a military person in general have been able to make mistakes, have been able to draw battles. Uh, we're getting closer to the second season of this podcast where I'll be talking more about humanity. What I really believe as a preview to those conversations is that what makes us human is precisely the ability to integrate errors, is precisely the ability to learn from our mistakes, is precisely the ability to acknowledge that we made a mistake. And machines are not coded that way. Machines, artificial intelligence will repeat the same mistake, will render the same wrong decision-making up until they learn the ability to self-correct. So I can hear already the engineers of the Silicon Valley saying, but, but that's exactly what we're doing. But my point is, we may be starting to teach an artificial intelligence algorithm to recognize better the apple from the orange we may be able to teach a artificial intelligence better the ability to recognize a tree from a snake. I remember a couple of years ago an experiment where uh, it was proven in test beds that a certain artificial intelligence algorithm was precisely not able to detect an a tree from a snake. 
Um, and so we learn, maybe we're making algorithms that are being trained. This is the obviously the next wave in, in the Silicon Valley. But those function classes are still building blocks. They're still Lego blocks. We are far, far, far away from having machines making moral decisions and correct ones at that in analyzing complex problems, learning from the mistakes, and gaining ultimately what makes us human, which is wisdom. And so, in hindsight, when you look at uh, social media and the role that investors in the Silicon Valley have played in the past, it is very normal to look at uh, investors at having been uh, the early engines of those inventions. And it strikes me that, again, in hindsight, when you look at some of the early investors in some of those social media companies, they are by now uh, turning back, let's say it, on the original predicate, on the original idea that their investment was put to good societal and moral use. And this should give us pause, all of us, uh, and put a sharpened or heightened sense of urgency uh, to discussing morals and morality in the management and the driving and the direction of technologies. Um, investors beyond the early years of a private company will change as a successful private company grows. There comes a moment when it may desire to be traded on the public stock exchange and it will go through what is, of course, known as an IPO, initial public offering. And through that IPO, it opens up its capital and anybody, the public sector, um, the public investors, i.e. the public, can directly or through the guise of large-scale investors and mutual funds and your bank and your stock brokerage can become investor in that company. And therefore, the investor can become you and I, which means the end user can become an investor. And we are there in the perennial conversation because between the, uh, the fight of institutional investors, large-scale companies that have a lot of shares and therefore an inordinate amount of voting shares and power, and the small investors, which in French we call les petits porteurs, which is a expression that uh, Lacan, the philosopher and psychologist, would have loved because literally it translates into the little shareholder. And le petit porteur is petit. It is very short, very small. There are many of them, but there is a 
clear sense of hierarchical um, power imbalance between les petits porteurs and the institutional investor. And so are the institutional investors having a role to play in the next wave and the next evolution of social media uh, to uh, look at a metaphor or a, a an equivalency over the past 10 years we have started seeing large shareholders blackrock friend and many others uh, sovereign funds start asking corporate CEOs for their position on sustainability, on a better environmental policy. Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett himself, have been vocal on the matter. Uh, George Soros has been vocal on the matter. They have tackled by far and large the topics of climate change. Today, there is very, very little noise and voices rising in the corporate investment side about the societal impact and the moral questions that we are facing with social media and democracy. Maybe those voices are uh, happening behind the scenes, but on the public sphere, uh, you do not see them. And so we turn to, and I have to turn to the last of our pillars in search of the boron rods of the social media virality, the, the boron rods of this nuclear reactor capable of accelerating misinformation and boron rods being the mechanisms by which that chain reaction is slowed down, not neutralized, not stopped, but slowed down somewhat so that we regain a balance at the democratic level between all the voices in, in the constituencies. For us, the end user, the consumer, uh, we have a system which has been built against us. Let's be very frank. Uh, if I look at my own usage of social media, um, if I look at the article, some of which I'll be putting on our uh, podcast website at uteza.com slash podcast, uh, one can see that applications in the mobile uh, social sphere were built, were designed, sometimes even with the intermission of psychologists and behavior specialists to be addictive. It has been proven time and time again through those uh, studies, some of them I'll, I'll report on the website, that the interactions, the uh, noises, the reason why you have little pleasing sounds that respond to your clicks, and the reason why you have uh, pleasing emoticons that are cute. All of this is built and designed not by chance, but to maximize our engagement time. That's the industry technical term. 
But all of this is designed to maximize our time in the app, our time in the system, and to keep us hooked. I remember the first time that I heard the term MOFO, um, I'm sorry, FOMO, uh, being verbalized in the Silicon Valley. And I uh, felt I had another one of those moments feeling not in a no. And FOMO is the fear of missing out. It was theorized, understood, accepted, and designed for as a key tenet of how a good social mobile app uh, should be uh, implemented uh, so that you were creating a constant stream of content uh, that a new user would have to um, follow because if they were not following that app, they would be missing out. And uh, this is designed to push one of our core buttons, which we'll explore in the season two of the podcast, which is uh, the need to belong. Uh, some apps are designed to make us hooked to the feed, to the stream, because if we don't follow, we are less than. If we don't follow, we are not in the know. And if we are not in the know, we tap into this fear of being ridiculed, that fear that we all experienced at some point of time in our childhood life with the friends at school laughing at us and pointing us with a finger for not being part of the group. Belonging is a key fundamental human lever. It's uh, very deeply ingrained in our subconscious. And it is by far and large the one motor that the one engine that social media leverages to get us hooked. And so when you look at the search of the boron broads of social media, we have to look at ourselves. There is no way around it. And this is a endeavor that uh, we are just at the beginning of as a human species, realizing that we have been given a new medium, a new container through which messages and content is being exchanged between an emitter and us, the receptor, and given the tools to re-emit, re-forward, add value, or choose not to add value in that. And now let's go to a short break to hit pause, reflect, or just continue. Welcome back. This time I look a little bit more into social media and the way I, I, I use it, maybe as a way to invite you to do the same. We live, we see social media and media outlets 
news applications all the time. Uh, for me, maybe avid user of articles, information articles, I, I have a tendency to consume news profusely. And actually, my own personal use of news applications has increased. Uh, over the past uh, months, I have actually subscribed and decided to pay for four uh, digital news applications and publications uh, to consume their content and have multiple viewpoints, multiple articles, and in particular to counterbalance the single topic uh, news that I, I receive and see on television. It is as if television has become only obsessed with the COVID health crisis and has pretty much abdicated its coverage of other news topics. And so uh, since we have choice, I, I am now balancing things out a little bit more. When I look at the receipt of a piece of news, a internet image, a piece of news, um, I observe that consciously or maybe subconsciously, maybe this is my own first time to explore this consciously and live as, as I verbalize it, uh, maybe three classes of, of behaviors vis-a-vis uh, uh, social media. The, the first one uh, depend. Uh, the first one they, they would say they they depend on the class and the structure and the complexity of the information. You know the terms for funny videos or internet memes. Um, I have a tendency to forward them sometimes with a little commentary, but they're like the uh, beanies and the little bonbons of social media, but they're extremely powerful uh, because the forwarding actually helps um, media companies to trace the semantic and the metadata graph of with whom I communicate. So on the basis of the intensity of those communications, uh, the algorithms who track me know that this friend or that friend are in my social circle even though I may only be sending them funny vignettes and images. The categorization of the quality of those engagements is not smart enough yet to know who are the friends in the really core group of friends to those who are acquaintances, to those who are distant uh, business acquaintances. In other terms, it's the number that seems to be the uh, driver of the algorithm with little knowledge about the depth of some relationships. I may have a very deep relationship with a friend that I haven't seen in a long time, uh, but uh, my social media platforms do not know that and do not know how to read it. So there is a complete miss in the emotional intelligence of the real life. And the second class of behavior is uh, what I would call a, a, a forwarding with value added. 
and there it is typically going to happen off-channel, to use a media term. Uh, I may well receive an article on social media, but when I find the article interesting or with gravitas, I will actually go to take the time to manually search for that article uh, online and share the link to the article and reforward it with a personal commentary or my own analysis to typically a group of four, five, ten friends uh, with an expletive commentary. And, and this is striking because I'm seeing the same thing uh, in the corporate world. There are classes of messages that are just reforwarded with no value added, just forwarding a corporate email to a wider group of people by opposition to pausing and stopping and investing the time when the topic deserves it to have a call, organize a conference call, have a meeting, have a more in-depth conversation to be able to go into all the nuances of the communication. And there, the first boron rod that stops virality is really an innate desire or need for gravity, for gravitas, for uh, value adding and adding the layers of meaning. And what is fascinating to me is that there is a built-in tension with the purpose of social media companies which precisely want me to stay within their format um, while uh, for me there is a desire to go off format to be able to create my own container and add value and break the chain of a simple forwarding with no meaning or context. Maybe there is a idea there for the product managers of social media companies, which is the weaving of multi-platform, multi-format, rich engagement around the simpler posting, reposting, sharing on a news feed or on a story, which has been designed, of course, to be addictive and to be scalable. The third uh, behavior that is important to observe or to think about is that uh, we all adopt different personas or we all have different images uh, to ourselves, to our friends, to our loved ones. And um, when I uh, speak with uh, my husband, who is very much more in tune with the particular personalities of the different mediums, um, we have interesting conversations about uh, the personality of an Instagram persona by opposition to that of Twitter, to that of um, WhatsApp. The class of engagements, personality traits, types of conversations that we 
have on one container on one channel versus the other differs. Uh, the Silicon Valley understood that very, very well early on uh, with the separation of various social networks, LinkedIn for professionals, Instagram for photos, and in particular, the emergence of the uh, real Instagram and the uh, fake Instagram, the Rinsta and the Finsta, which taught me in advertising executive language that ad tech and advertising companies needed to learn how to create multiple personas to be able to target different personality channels or engagement facets to create and coin a new term of their consumer audience. And that is very much to the point of the addictiveness of social media. Um, the marketing world has understood that we are multiple and we have multiple personalities separated by boundaries and that multiple channels can be used to target uh, different personalities. Uh, this touches upon again on this concept of boundaries, which we'll explore further in season two, but in the construction of a personality, we are now seeing the social media world adapt to the human psyche to try to uh, invade and leverage our very uh, compartmentalization of our personalities. A well-integrated personality, of course, is defined by the ability to hold uh, different facets in coherence. Um, we'll see and we'll discover and explore the underlying subconscious dynamics at play in the human psyche and the different dynamics between our different uh, impulses but a well-constructed personality is able to hold multiple pieces in place and to move elegantly from one to the other. It so happens that some social media platforms have a tendency to try to excite, characterize, put the emphasis on only one of the compartments at the expense of the others and therefore lies the emotive power that they have and the uh, polarization, the built-in polarization of the societal debates that we are seeing with the inflammation of the partisans of one side of the issue versus the partisans of the other side of the issue. And when you divide and when you put people in a very specific bucket and when you only target that specific bucket of that personality, you're by design impeaching a real dialogue, a real internal dialogue of the different parts of a personality. And therefore the ability to influence or cajole a societal debate that brings people together. This may be long and sometimes my friends tell me that I speak too much in coded language, but to simplify, 
social media is designed to be addictive and to play into compartments of our personality for the maximization of the engagement time. And the direct consequence of that is basically the splitting of the societal sphere into compartments of people, voters, consumers that are no longer equipped to have a real dialogue. This is a maybe bleak, but what I truly believe, truly believe as a constructive view of the challenges that the future of the next 10 years in social media will have to resolve. Uh, we saw in episode nine, the imperative to have a moral view of the rapport between exchange of information and democracy uh, with, in this episode, the intrapersonal dynamics uh, and the splitting of a personality uh, between its different parts. How we resolve that, I don't know, but this is my question to close on this episode tonight. How do you feel the split inside yourself when you are exposed to social media and its different channels? This podcast is a simple way of sharing my thoughts. It is a personal endeavor, nothing more. A way to connect. The views and opinions represented in this podcast are solely mine. There are in no way, nor should they be assumed to be shared, supported, endorsed by my employer, the sponsors of this show, Anchor.fm, where it is hosted, and all the distributors thereof. You may find more information links, pictures, videos, documents, and more, which may have been referenced in this podcast on my website at www.uteza.com podcast. There, it feels so much better after saying all of this. And so, it's time to part ways, at least for now. Until next time, time to say goodnight, time to hit pause.